Have you ever had a fight with your spouse and then struggled to focus on work the next day? Or maybe you're going through a difficult period of time and it's keeping you from getting things done. Relationship issues can distract you and they can become even more of a problem for those that work at home. In today's episode, we're going to speak with our special guest, Daniel Purcell, about developing intimacy in marriage. He'll share how a better relationship can help you be productive and grow your business. Welcome to Empowering Productivity, the podcast that empowers you to break the mental chains that keep you from producing. Here are your hosts, Keely and Austin Reason. Welcome to the show, Daniel. I'm so glad you're here today. Um, we know him from, I don't know, maybe like a couple years ago. We have a marriage blog, Love of Adventure, and he reached out to us because he was working on an app at the time. And man, you have a lot going on, don't you? <laughs> I stay busy. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, I know you have a company that I don't know a whole lot about. I know much more about your marriage related products, but I do know you have a business outside of that. So tell us more about that. I think the entrepreneur bug bit me when I was in high school. I uh, did a few little things, little businesses, I guess you could say, that were a little that were successful. And um, I, my father's an entrepreneur, and uh, so just seeing like that that was kind of like the path I wanted to go. I also really liked computers and building software. Kind of a nerd, so like I studied computer <laughs> science in college, and when I Graduated from college, I got a really good job, and uh, I was also a straight A student in college. I think I got one A minus the whole time. So like, wow. I really worked really hard at college, <laughs> and so when I got my job, uh, I would work at like go to work around eight, come you know be done around five, and I'd have this whole evening to myself. We were married at the time; we we're expecting our first, but still, I had something I never experienced before in my life that I could remember up to that point, and it's called free time. And uh, it was incredible. Yeah. Like, what do I do with all this free time? I want to keep my continuing my education and trying new things. So I thought it would be really fun to start a business. More as a, like some people pick like really sane hobbies. I guess I'm not sane because <laughs> but, oh, business would be a great hobby. Some people do woodworking and you start businesses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> people like watch Netflix or like go bowling, join a bowling club or something, right? And here I am, like <laughs> I start a business. But it was really fun because there were things that I could learn through a business that school can't teach me. Uh, and uh, so I was working my full-time job and I had this part-time web design business. And pretty soon I got so much work to do, I couldn't do it all. So I hired some help and uh, I maxed out that guy's help. So I hired a second person, a third and a fourth person. And all the while I had this full-time job going on. Even in fact, one of the guys I had hired went full time working for me, while I still had my day job full time. <laughs> so my my lifestyle was I'd get up really early, six o'clock or so. I guess that's really early for me, and and I'd go downstairs to the computer and I'd be working on emails and chatting back and forth with my team and like t like getting them set up for the day. And I lived really close to work, so around eight thirty, I'd hop in the shower, and I could be at work by nine. So I'm at my desk at work, you know, coding as a software developer and eating my breakfast at my desk. And then for my one hour lunch break, I would like skip home real quick. I'd like call clients and like talk, talk them through whatever things and check on my team and see what they needed to do. And then I'd run back to work and like give my full time to my employer. Then around six o'clock or so, I'd come home and uh, 
family time, dinner time, and then I'd be up to my wife would go to sleep because she's exhausted, and I'd be up till like midnight, like working and stuff. So this went on for like a long time, and I was essentially working two jobs, and I couldn't do both. Yeah. So uh, it was a huge, difficult decision to leave the security of a comfortable full-time job with benefits and and everything to like. Because it was really a big leap. Again, this was like supposed to be a hobby, but now it's going to turn into like my livelihood. So, uh, we it took a lot of courage, but we made that jump. Yeah. We made that leap, and that could be a whole another episode, another time. But here's the thing: business. I I didn't have a lot of experience. Like this is really my first time getting. I was going all in. Luckily, we didn't have a lot of debt, and we had a little bit of savings because my day job paid really well. Um, but. Uh, those first years, we just eked out an existence. The uh, We're going through our filing cabinet decluttering uh, last week. My wife and I found our uh, tax return for that first year. We had made $16,000 our first year in business profit. Wow. And uh, which isn't a lot of money. We just somehow we eked out. We eked it out. We don't know how mm. we made ends meet, but somehow we did. That was really tough. And it, it can get really hard on your marriage because um, you're used to making a lot of money and all of a sudden you're not. Uh, starting a new job is very stressful. A lot of time is required. It's it's a lot like if, if you want to harvest, you need a plant and you got to do, yeah. do the planting right. And I made a lot of newbie mistakes as a business owner that affected our ability to earn. And so that, that can really add stress. Another thing that added some stress at that time is my wife was finishing her degree as a piano performance major, which requires hours and hours of piano practice. So we had to somehow work out a way that she could get piano practice in while I was working. Uh, One of the things that helped us in our marriage at that point was uh, we would still make time for dates, even though things were stressful and everything, we still set aside time for a date. We had young kids, so getting out of the house often was hard. But when they were really young, you could put them down to bed early, and then we'd watch a movie, or we'd play a board game, or uh, we would do something. But we made it a point that every week, at least we did something together. And once in a while, we'd splurge on a babysitter or swap with another couple. They'd watch our kids one night, and we'd watch their kids another night. So that kind of this tradition of making time for us to be us really carried us through those really difficult times. So how, you know, obviously we are also in the same boat where I started a business. Um, and on the flip side of that, it actually brought a lot of relief to our marriage as far as financial. But I can tell you from experience that difficult patches in the marriage makes it very hard to stay productive. And what is your experience with that? I, absolutely. Like if you have something really emotionally pressing on your on you it really affects your output if um whether it might be you know an argument that you had with your spouse or you're not seeing eye to eye about something it's it'll it's very it'll it leaves you preoccupied on that issue it's really hard to focus on the real task at hand so you can be be the most the way i like to view it is my productivity is like a pipe imagine like a water pipe with water spewing out of it and I want that pipe to be as big as I can get with as much flow as I can get. And relationship issues or other things kind of kink that pipe or kink that hose 
that affect the flow of my creative output. So, and, and it doesn't have to just be a relationship thing. It could be the way you're using your time. You might have some, what I call vampire clients. Like, yeah, they're a client and you they serve them, the but man, they suck the, the creative <laughs> energy out of you. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's a kink to your hose. It could be a um, relationship with a coworker or a manager that you don't get along. It could be a business partner. Like at the beginning, things look great and rosy, but as you get into it, you realize you have very different uh, visions of, of which direction to go. Those will all affect your ability to really get that creative flow. But I think the part that affects the most is your marriage. I have a story. When I hired a guy that worked for me in my first company, uh, his first month, super productive. He was like gung-ho, super dedicated, and uh, his job is managing projects, which involves a lot of client interaction and being really good at being responsive. So getting back to them on time and keeping the flows of projects, keeping moving forward. After two or three months, his productivity tanked so much. So I was thinking like, I need to hire another assistant just to get him going. And I did because I didn't have the heart to like, at the time, like really confront him about, hey, your lack of performance here. And when I like softly like beat around the bush, it always had good excuses. So anyway, his assistant was outperforming him for, for project oh, wow. management. Oh, I know. Just things weren't working great. So I finally got the courage and said, look, I got to let you go. This isn't working out. And um, I was being really nice to him, like, look, to qualify for unemployment benefits, you need to work for at least six months here. You're at five and a half. So I'm going to pay you an extra payroll so that you could get to the six months so you can go claim unemployment if you wish. Um, and I need you to email me a list of where you are with your projects and whatever. And this was a Friday. He agreed to do that right as he got home. Uh, so Friday, I was looking for that email, and it never came. Saturday didn't come. Sunday, okay, it's a Sunday. I, that's an excuse. But Monday, no email. Tuesday, no email. And I'm like, hey, Wednesday, I email him. Look, I'm doing this thing for you. I'm paying you an extra month, and you don't have to work. And I'm, I'm doing this thing. How come you haven't emailed me yet your projects? I need to know this. And he wrote back saying, I'm so sorry. When I got home Friday, my wife had divorce papers in her hand. She was, oh. she, she wanted to divorce me. And so I've been dealing with that all weekend. And then it all made sense. No wonder why he wasn't productive at work. His productivity tanked because things were really bad at home. Right. And uh, he just didn't open up about it or tell me about it. Of course, we could have worked something else out. Well, actually, I do this with my team. I'm like, please tell me your sob story. I honestly want to know it because, you know, I, all of my people work remotely. We don't come into the office together. And if they really do have serious problems happening at home, I want to know because I don't want it to just be like, I want to build a relationship where they feel that support. Very good. And... You know, I think as Christians, it's it's our job to kind of help speak into the lives of our team. Um, and if they're going through difficult times, I mean, we should be there to pray for them and talk to them, like if there's anything we can do. And I don't know if you've dealt with this, but I know that I try to use my own, like I give tips and advice to my team on helping them when they are having difficult time, you know, in their marriage or in their home or trying to get more work done. And when you work for someone, 
when your productivity kind of takes a little bit of a dip, it's, it's different because you're usually getting paid hourly or you're showing up. But when you are a production-based pay, it is essential that you actually get things done every day. So what are, and, and I'm sure that, you know, you talked about this with dating and that's helped you and your wife with, um, you know, your marriage and your relationships during those rough times. Is there anything else you did to like be more intimate in your marriage or keep that relationship going so it doesn't affect the business? Uh, I think reality is it will affect your business or your business will affect your marriage because I think we're, we're, it's not like we compartmentalize our whole lives like we try to, but I am me at work and I am me at home. I'm me as a dad. I'm me as a husband. So everything kind of flows and impacts each other. But it, I look at it more as like, if you're asking for health advice, it's like, hey, Keely, how, how can I be more healthy? You'd probably say things like, are you exercising? Are you getting enough sleep? What foods are you taking? Are you taking whole grains? Are you, you know, or juices or whatever diet or enough vegetables, whatever, you know, things you might say, and then cut back on the harmful things. All of those things contribute to health. You, you wouldn't give someone health advice on, oh, yeah, stop. And all you do is tell them what not to do. You have to tell them what to do as well. I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. Same within your marriage and your relationship it's, and in your business too. So if, if you need peak performance, you need to focus on total health, and that will definitely include your relationships because your relationships actually are the number one predictor of overall happiness in life. And how, So you got to keep that relationship healthy. So it's just as much about avoiding the bad things as it is also adding to contribute to the good things. Besides dating, another thing that would help us uh, intimately is just talking. We would um, uh, go on walks together and just talk. And I'm really lucky to be married to a really wonderful woman who actually, I think, genuinely is interested in how my day went. And I can, like, really pour out my heart. And, like, she's just a good listener and a good sounding board. So if you're the spouse of someone going through stuff, my advice is learn how to really listen. And you're not trying to give advice unless they ask for it. You're not trying to fix their problem unless they're asking for help and solution. But... People need a friend, a really close confidant, and that's where like your spouse should be that person that you can really like, let me dump my heart out. Let me tell you what I'm going through. Because part of the process of coming up with your own solutions is talking it out loud with someone you can trust, kind of being that sounding board. So being that person. We'd also do other things to get our minds off of work and like just to have fun. Uh, we mentioned dating. For a while, my wife and I had a tradition where every Wednesday night, it was bath night, and we would have a bath together. And it was just a really fun way to like, because you're sitting really close and you're face to face, and it's it was just a great time to talk. And um, Y'all have a bigger bathtub than we do. Yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> we had one of those poker tubs or whatever. That was yeah, kind of nice yeah. in the home. So yeah, that was, awesome. uh, that was kind of nice. Well, has there ever been a time in growing the business or even recently that you feel like your job competes with time in the marriage? Like, is there ever a time when your spouse feels threatened by the amount of time you're putting into the work or, you know, how does that play out? Oh, no, I don't think that ever happens. Just kidding. 
<laughs> of course y'all that are, happens. y'all are my hero yeah. <laughs> yes that balance is so hard how do you guys yeah. handle that with each other because i think that one of the biggest issues i see with people who work from home is just figuring out how to manage those expectations with the other grown-ups in the house whether it's their spouse or whoever they're living with i have three thoughts on those things uh, my first thought is influenced by a fantastic book I've read and reread several times called How Will You Measure a Life by Clayton Christensen. Clayton Christensen's a PhD, um, uh, a Harvard Business School, super smart guy. He passed away last year. Uh, huge influencer on uh, disruptive thinking, like you hear like disruptive technology or whatever. He's like the, the father of that really brilliant man. He wrote this book towards the end of his life called How Will You Measure Your Life? And he talks. He takes all the things that he he learned about in business, but applies those principles to to life. And he the book really made me reflect that, like for businesses that focus only on short term goals and short term gain, rarely survive long term. It's the businesses that really have a long term view and do what's in the best interest for the company long term are really the ones that survive and thrive. And same with your life. So. He really encourages readers to really think about what, like sometimes raising children, you don't get a payoff until like 20 years later, right? Mm, It takes a long time to see results. And like your marriage and your relationship, you can go a day being really rude to your spouse and it's not going to affect your marriage that much, right? You're not going to see the results of that right away. Uh, But if you're rude to your boss, you'll see that result right away. So often (laughs) we tend to like, a skimp on investing in our relationships because we don't see the impact right away. But that short-term thinking is kind of what the author is saying. You need to really think long-term and really decide how are you going to measure your life? Like if it's, if you're, if you're dying and you look back, like what would you really like to have made the biggest impact or how would you have liked to have made the biggest impact in your life? So that really changed my thinking that I really need to take the really long game with my relationship and with my business too. So I might lose a client. I might not answer every single call that comes in. I might not get every gig that I could possibly get if I was like on it all the time. But at what price am I going to pay to get that? I really, so for me, I decided my, my relationship with myself comes first and with God and then, like, I need to keep me healthy. I need to keep me strong. And then next priority is going to be my relationship with my spouse and then with my children and then my work. And then after that, it's going to be church, volunteer, community service, and after that. So that's kind of the order I decided to go. And when I put those priorities first, um, just generally speaking, with, with, like, big brushes here, that, that works out. The second thought that I recommend is, so I... I was talking to the uh, the professor of my university that I went to, and the the topic came up about time management. And he he's like, "Look, really, it's not really about time management or whatever, because you got roles with like with your with your family and with school and with work and whatever." He's like, he looks at it this way: Ever seen those circus performers that can spin a plate on a stick? We get one going really well, and then they get a second stick in the second plate. You get that going, 
but then they return to the first and add a little more spin and then spin, you know, they add spin, then they get a third one. And so their job is continually watching which one's starting to wobble and add more spin to that. So right. if you look at your different roles that you have in your life, I'm a husband or, or wife, I'm a father or a mother, I'm a business owner or I'm an employee or whatever it might be. Look at all your plates and see which plate needs the most spin right now and focus on that. So some days your work is going to take first. It has to because you don't want that plate to wobble off the stick and crash. It's going to need your attention. Other times it's going to be your, your child or it's going to be your wife or your husband or whatever it might be. So it's like paying attention to those wobbles. And I think that's going to help. Yeah, I like that a lot because I think, you know, especially as somebody who works from home, you're a contractor, maybe you're a freelancer, maybe you have a team. Um, it gives you that ability when you have to go clock in every day for somebody. You don't necessarily have the ability to say, today I'm focusing on my family or, you know, whatever that is. Yeah. Yeah. And some, sometimes you, you got to let a plate go ahead and fall to the ground and crash because it's not as important. Yes. You know, sometimes it's, you know, whether it's a, a hobby or, um, or, or maybe it's even a, a, you know, a second job that you're like, you know what, this is, we don't need this right now. I can let this go or whatever it may be, some other activity. Um, sometimes as hard as it is, because when it falls, it makes a loud crash. You uh-huh. just got to let certain things in your life go so you can keep all the other plates spinning. So do you have any productivity tips that kind of keep you going through a hard time in your marriage or just in family? Because, I mean, you don't want to just completely drop off the radar, but is there any like processes you have in place for when you are dealing with crisis at home? Yeah. A tip number one is slow it down and calm the heck down. (laughs) I, I like I, if I had a plaque, I'd put that on my wall in my room or something or above my desk. Calm the heck down. <laughs> uh, slow things down. When pilots go through turbulence, inexperienced pilots want to like up the speed of the plane to like just get through it all, right? But the more experienced pilots, they've learned how to slow the plane down. Yeah, you prolong the experience of the turbulence, but you don't feel the jostles as bad. So they slow things down. Uh, When we go through turbulent times in our life, uh, slow it down. And that might mean cutting some things out that you might normally do. You might not get to everything, but you have to like slow it down because again, it's a long game. We're going to get through this. Another thing that helps is to kind of slowing things down is to break things into small tasks. Like I had a little micro episode of this even yesterday um, I'm running into some real issues at work and I'm not making the progress that I want to be making. And it, it really frustrates me. So, uh, but if I can like stop and like try to break the problem down into smaller steps and smaller bite-sized pieces, then the big problems don't seem so daunting anymore. I can really like, okay, I can't solve the whole thing now, but I can probably do this little thing. And after that, I can probably figure out this next little step too. So breaking it down. So if you're having a relationship issue, you, you've been fighting or you disagree on something and it's really affecting your work, just try to say, okay, I, I can at least get through the next hour or I can get through the next phone call or I can get through this next thing I need to do. And then when I'm done, I'm going to take a small break and just like, you know, 
come back and then like reset and then, and then go, go for the next thing. Very cool. So one of the, the kind of recurring themes that we like to, to ask folks that we have on the show, cause we talk about it in our own um, marriage and in our company. Um, when, when you are, are tackling a, a, an issue or, or just approaching a to-do list, um, are you the kind of person that takes massive action to just muscle through and, and get it done as quick as possible? Um, whether that's at the very beginning, or maybe there's a little bit of procrastination involved and then just, you know, get it done before the deadline, or are you more slow and steady wins the race kind of uh, approach to things? What's your, what's your workflow like? Uh, Austin, I'm not the best one to answer this question. Cause I, I struggle with that myself. Um, gotcha. It really depends on the project and depends on what's needed. Okay. Right now I'm running three businesses and that takes up my full time. So some days business A is going to get more attention than B and C. But um, um, the very best thing I've found is to have a good teamwork attitude. If you're in a company, you're working as a team, there's some amazing things you can accomplish by with really good teamwork and that to me. So a big part of good teamwork is the good collaboration and good communication. So like what you alluded to, if you can plan out your deadlines as far in advance as you can, and then break that down into what is required to meet that deadline and set little tiny milestones for yourself. And you work together as a team to accomplish those things. You can delegate this piece or you work on that piece, or if, it's all your chunk and you know, it's going to be due then, then like really break it down and say, uh, then, then those projects are less daunting and you can make that progress better. As far as productivity and managing those things, I use Trello. It's like my favorite app that's ever been invented for me. Um, you may not have heard about it, uh, Trello.com and it's free. It's like, imagine a really free flowing lists of lists. So I make lists and checklists (laughs) and I can like drag things from one, area to the other. So I can kind of create this little workflow to do doing and done. For instance, these are the things I need to do. I can add due dates for that. I can color code my different cards for, for what they mean. I can move them to doing. And that's another thing I try to focus on my doing column is has to be, I like limit it to, to only a screen full. If I have to start scrolling to see what else I have to do too much. Yep. You, you can only handle so much. And that's that's a hard thing to realize as entrepreneurs is that you actually do have limitations. But yeah, you do have limitations. So, I know, right? So um, when I really said, I can't, I will not take on more than what I can fit on one screen of to-dos. Right. And then I, force, I keep myself to that rule and I focus on those things. There's also the concept of eat the frog, as they say. That's like right. you deal with the dirty, the yuck, the most yuckiest thing that you need to do first then the rest gets easier. And there's a lot of science behind that. Was that uh was it Mark Twain that, that originated that? I don't know who originated it, but there is a very popular book that like said, yeah, they've they got the title of the book from a Mark Twain quote where he said, I think that the first thing you should do every morning is eat one live bullfrog because then the worst part of your day is already behind you. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's that concept. That's what we're after. So, um, uh, tackling that first, uh, is good. And for me, it's usually not my inbox because I can get Mm. really carried away with my inbox. So it's really like doing that. 
The other thing that I do is I, I love this planner. It's called the Best Self Journal. And there's others just like it too. Full Focus Planner by, I forgot that guy's name. That's very similar. It's by the Best Self Company. And for a high-tech guy, I'm a very low-tech when it comes to my planner. I handwrite everything I need to do, and um, I plan out my schedule for the day. And when I'm most productive is when the day before, the night before, I'm planning the following day's work. So I don't have to spend or waste time and energy worrying what do I need to work on next. Right. So what are things that cause you to lose your productivity then? Uh, to me... If, if productivity is like, again, that creative flow, that pipe analogy, there's lots mm-hmm. of things that get in the way. Definitely relationship issues like we talked about. So keep your relationship healthy. Um, vampire clients is another thing that we talked about. Other things that, that uh, help me lo- that will lose my productivity is probably skipping a meal because I'm so busy working. Oh, wow. Then I'm yeah. running out of energy. And then now you're like trying to do other things to compensate for that. And so that so I think that's really important. So I try to have a really solid breakfast every day. And um, lately I've been cutting a lot back a lot on just sugary snacks. So to keep the blood sugar from spiking, because when things right. go up, they have to come down. So, yeah. um, so that helps me quite a bit. Another thing I've been doing is I block, I schedule my day in 90 minute blocks. I read uh, from a neuroscientist that our brains are, can really focus on something for uh, like our upper limits around 90 minutes. And it makes sense. So when you're focused on something, your body uses cortisol and a little bit of dopamine to help you stay focused. Cortisol is a stress hormone. We think of it as a bad thing, but in little amounts, it's a good thing because that's how our bodies stay focused. But the problem with, with those and other neurotransmitters is you do get depleted. Your body spends it all, and then it needs a period of rest to reabsorb those chemicals back into its reservoir so it can, like, you know, fire off again. And then it reabsorbs those particles and then fires off again. So uh, 90 minutes of hard focus and then a 15-minute break. 90 minutes of hard focus and then a 15-minute break. So my breaks are, like, I live in a very beautiful part of the country. We have beautiful weather almost year-round. I can go outside. It's sunny today probably be close to 70 degrees. I can go for a walk and I just go for one walk around the block. I probably look really weird, you know, uh, dressed up, whatever, doing that. But like, because we're kind of in an industrial area of town, but like that, that to me, and I, and I try not to think about work. I kind of allow my mind to wander. I might step out and, and take a phone call. That's not work related, like call a friend or a buddy. I'll, um, uh, sometimes just like close my eyes or I'll go to the bathroom um, just to have some privacy and just, you don't, I don't take my phone with me into the bathroom. I don't take anything because, because your phone, like turning to your phone or turning to Facebook still expends those, uh, your, uh, your concentration muscle, right? So that's not truly giving your brain a break. So taking those planned breaks really helps me stay at the top of my game. Well, I think that's some very great tips that you gave us today and some very good perspective because, you know, you built your business from the ground up. That brings lots of stress into your marriage. It wasn't just you all that time. You know, you started dealing with teams, which brings a whole other level of stress. 
and dynamic to your company. So Daniel, tell us the best way for people to get in touch with you um, if they want to learn more about your business, about your marriage, uh, things, you know, your three businesses. I'm only aware <laughs> of two. I was going to say, I didn't know there was a third one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so my main business is I run a software development company. We build apps for people. So if you have an app idea or, uh, or we do website development also, not just like, it's not like website design, but like programming, like you want to build like, you know, a database based website where people log in or have dashboards or integrate from system A to system B. We're a team of programmers. So that's, that's the kind of work I do. Uh, that website is virgodev.com. Virgo, like the star constellation, dev short for development, uh, virgodev.com. Uh, my marriage related business is called Get Your Marriage On. And that's where we put, we have a podcast, we put on events. Uh, we have a few apps that we've built that, that liven things up in your marriage, plus a few other goodies too there. So, and we should mention, uh, we're, we're going to be on your show as, as well as you being on ours. Um, I'm not sure when the, when the dates are going to fall for, for those two things. But, um, if you're interested in hearing some of our take on marriage and, and more of what Daniel has to say, um, go check out the, uh, and, and the podcast is called get your marriage on. Right? Correct. Yeah. Um, and is get your marriage on.com best place for them to find those resources. Yes. Very good. Awesome. Well, guys, as always, um, you know, uh, empowering productivity is, is brought to you by our five website management because that's us. And, uh, we love helping uh, small businesses to, um, figure out ways to, to take their business to the next level, especially with your online presence. Um, but we can also help offload some of your, uh, some of your, your work tasks and those kinds of things with virtual assistant services. So if you're in need of any of those services, want to get uh, more information on that, you're ready to take your business to the next level. Uh, reach out to us at contact at r5websitemanagement.com. And uh, we hope that, uh, that you've got a few great takeaways uh, this week on, on how uh, you can increase productivity by, by strengthening your marriage. So until next time, get on out there and start breaking those chains that are keeping you from producing. <laughs> <laughs>